great. So I want to go ahead and jump into this presentation here, uh, raising money for your business through grants. Uh, and I think for, for a lot of folks, this can be a challenge uh, because you think about grants and you're not necessarily thinking about you know, how your business can uh, tap into grants because grants typically are reserved for uh, nonprofit organizations. And we'll get to that in a moment. But I do want to focus on opportunities that do exist for businesses and how you can leverage those opportunities as a for-profit entity. Now, before we get started, just want to uh, quickly uh, go over my background and kind of give you some context here about me and uh, where I come from. Uh, so I specialize in helping nonprofits develop strategies to meet their fundraising goals. And I'm very intentional about what I do and who I serve. Uh, because this has given me the perspective about grant writing that you're getting ready to hear that I have found to be useful for for-profits and nonprofits, but my primary customer uh, are nonprofit organizations. To that end, I've written two books. The first book you see on the left side of the screen is called Grant Writing 101. This particular uh, book uh, references uh, how to write grants, and I do not talk about uh, grant writing from the perspective of putting pen to paper, and I think a lot of people do consider that uh, above, and, above and beyond everything else. Uh, but the reality is uh, grant writing is a much more complicated and invested process. And so I write about the culture of grant writing. I write about the mindset of grant writing. I write about the approach to grant writing, some of which you're going to hear uh, today. And so if you would like to uh, get a copy of that, just shoot me a message and I'll, I'll give you the link to that. Uh, next to that uh, book is another book I, I've written called Sustainable, Developing a Sustainable Faith-Based Nonprofit Organization. In this book, uh, I talk about the sustainability efforts uh, that go into uh, a nonprofit being able to tap into revenue sources outside of grants. So it's interesting. This particular workshop is about businesses, for-profit businesses, tapping into the other side of revenue through grants. My book teaches and talks about the mindset nonprofits should have uh, when it comes to sustaining their, organ uh, their organizations by tapping into revenue-generating concepts, for-profit concepts. And I talk about the infrastructure needed. And so I share both of those books with you because I just want to give you some perspective about where I'm going to come from today and uh, that my perspective kind of falls on both sides of the fence. Uh, by the way, the book Sustainable is my doctoral thesis, uh, so that book is available as well for your review if you would like to get a copy of that. Now, if at any point you would like to get a hold of me, obviously we'll have some time uh, at the end of this presentation to chat and to talk a little bit. If you would like to get a hold of me, I'm going to encourage you uh, to give me a call or give me shoot me an email or visit me at my website. Uh, our website is elipatrick.com. Again, that's elipatrick.com. Uh, just a little bit about our company, our team. Uh, we were launched in 2016 to help nonprofits develop strategies to meet their fundraising goals. And it, you may be watch, looking at this screen and you see the word nonprofits quite a bit, but I do want to acknowledge and highlight the fact that all businesses, whether it's a for-profit business or nonprofit business, all of us have financial goals. We have fundraising goals. We have revenue generating goals that we're trying to hit. 
And I just decided to work, uh, focus on nonprofits. And as I talked about in a couple of slides earlier, uh, my work tries to bridge the gap between nonprofits and their ability to generate revenue from external resources or non-traditional resources. So we spend a lot of time working with our customers in that space. Uh, we do this because nonprofits have awesome missions and they need to spend more time delivering on the services that matter most to their customers. Uh, if they're not spending quality time doing that, what's happening is that they tend to burn out and they lose precious time uh, to accomplish the goals that they're trying to accomplish. Now, uh, just a little bit about our services. Uh, we provide a, a full suite of services. Some of these may seem familiar to you. Uh, you may have engaged in some of these services for your business. Uh, we're happy to share with you how we may be able to help your business, but we uh, engage in strategic planning, fundraising planning, grant application design and program design, uh, organizational budgets and program budgets, and leadership training and development. My doctoral work is in leadership development, and so if you have a, a question about that, I would be glad to speak with you about that. Now, uh, our results before we jump into our presentation, uh, since uh, our time in this space and since oh, throughout my career, I've worked on a number of projects. We've raised over $900 million in government contracts and grant funding. Uh, I have helped several nonprofits develop uh, earned income ventures. The two notable ones are staffing agencies and real estate holding companies. I've created a 200 member national nonprofit fundraising masterclass. Uh, so some of the things you're gonna hear today are some of the things I teach my masterclass students. And then I created a master's in nonprofit management degree at a college in Georgia. So I thought that was an interesting factoid to share, uh, given that the Entrepreneurial Center is connected to the University of Hartford. Now today, during our presentation, we're going to cover the three phases of uh, raising grant funding. We're going to switch over and talk about how to write the perfect grant. And then lastly, we're going to talk about how to tell your story to funders. Uh, again, if, if you have questions along the way, I'll, I'll kind of go in and out of the presentation screen just to make sure I can see those questions uh, periodically. But uh, try to save them to the end. And I'm going to encourage you, if you can, jump on the line with me at the end to unmute and have a conversation about your questions that uh, from the presentation. Now there are three phases to raising money that I want to review with you, particularly from grants. Uh, and I wanna walk through these uh, uh, bit by bit so that you have some perspective about how grants work and how you can utilize them uh, to navigate raising money for your organization. Now the first phase of raising money uh, is to think about key relationships that you can cultivate along the way. Relationships such as the ones that you have here with the Entrepreneurial Center, relationships with funders, relationships with other providers, relationships with other business owners. These relationships can be critical uh, in your ability to raise significant money for your business when it comes to grants. The reason why that matters uh, is because these relationships can offer open door and opportunities that you might not have heard of before. Hopefully at the end of this presentation, you'll uh, learn about a grant opportunity that you may not have heard about before, but it does highlight that when we share those funding opportunities, it highlights the fact that relationships can present funding opportunities for your business that you have not considered. 
Secondly, the second phase of raising money is uh, focusing on performance, your ability to deliver on said service. So if you've never uh, gotten a grant before or received a grant before or competed for a grant before, uh, performance is one of the ways funders determine how they're going to release dollars to a group of people or a group of providers or even award your business with a grant award. They look at your history, what you've done, uh, what you've done with the money in previous years or what you have been doing without the money that they would like to be a part of. Many of our uh, funders are considered investors uh, in the work that we do. So regardless of what you're doing in the community, regardless of the funding uh, opportunity you may provide uh, for uh, the funder, uh, regardless of the work you're engaged in, uh, the funders are considered investors. And this is terminology that we use in a nonprofit world. This is also terminology that we use, uh, that funders use to describe themselves as well. And so you wanna look at them as investors, you wanna treat them as investors, and as investors, they're looking at reasons to invest their dollars in your business. So you have to look at ways to perform on those dollars. Or if you are pre-revenue with this particular funder, you need to figure out how do you talk about what we've done and how we've performed uh, up until this point prior to engaging these investors. And then lastly, the last phase of this is having a strategy, uh, having a strategy in place for your business. So if you don't have a strategic plan or some sort of guiding plan over the next three years for your business, it's going to be important for you to have that in place. Also, having a strategy for the program or the thing you're seeking to get funded. Uh, the pro opportunity that we're gonna share with you at the end of this presentation, uh, I have shared this with several businesses and several businesses use them for different reasons. Whatever the, the thing you're looking to get funded, uh, you need to have a strategy for that thing, whether it's specifically to fund marketing, whether it's to fund the operations of your business, staffing, uh, sales, etc. So you need to have a strategy. Now in reality, uh, while I went over these three phases uh, from relationships performance and strategy, I got to warn you that strategy is the slowest way to raise grant funding. Uh, it's the slowest way to generate revenue from funders. And it's because the bureaucracy of the process. Now, if you are a business owner and you are a solopreneur or you are running your business and you have a small team there, it might not be as bureaucratic. You might be able to crank this out. Uh, in short order, but the reality is when it comes to developing a good strategy for your business, it does take time. Even if you spend all weekend developing that plan, uh, it does take time to make sure it makes sense and that you're refining it. So we tend to tell our clients that if you're gonna go through this process, strategy is the slowest way to raise grant funding, but it still works. Uh, the second fastest way to raise money would be performance. So that still sits in the middle there. Uh, you're gonna have to figure out how to tell the story of your work and why funders should, should invest in your work. And the fastest way to raise money, uh, this should be no surprise for for-profits, nonprofits will be through relationships. So it matters who you know, it matters that you're connected to the Entrepreneurial Center and you're on their listserv receiving email uh, leads to opportunities that can really advance the work of your business. Now, when you're raising money, there are a couple of things I wanna share with you. This can increase your income, right? So this can cover paying some bills, overhead costs, staff, operations, et cetera. So even as a business, if you're looking to get grant funding, whether it's from your town, your city, your state, or from a funder who's happening, who happens to fund a for-profit project, this can offset some of the expenses you currently are incurring. 
So keep that in mind. Lastly, uh, the, the next thing that can happen for you is that it can increase your options, right? It can improve the service quality that you currently uh, have. So if you're looking to do more for your customer or you're looking to give back to your community or you're looking to do a specific initiative, this can improve the quality of your services. This can provide innovation for your program, your product, your service, et cetera. And it can also help with opportunities uh, that are connected to expanding your business. So keep these things in mind as you're thinking about why you want to raise grant funds, uh, the pursuit of it, why it's important, and why you should consider it as a for-profit for business. Now, I want to transition quickly to how to write the perfect grant. And I want to warn you that these things I'm about to share, uh, I'm not going to teach you how to put pen to paper, as I mentioned earlier about my book, Grant Writing 101, because I think the reality of, of writing grants and putting pen to paper really uh, really doesn't make the difference, right? Now, of course, you need to have a, a, a well-written product, something that makes sense, something that flows from top to bottom. But there are components about grant writing that folks do not think about. So I want to walk through those components with you today to kind of give you some insight and perspective about what to consider when writing a grant. I also want to share with you before I get into these components is that when I share these things, this will not guarantee that you will land a grant 100% of the time. There is no ratio for how many successful grants you will be able to write with these components. But the intention behind these components is to share with you the thought process when it comes to writing a good grant or the perfect grant. So the first thing I want you to consider is to develop the right writing techniques, terminologies, and stories to capture the attention of funders. Now, this should sound familiar to many of you because this is very similar to what we call sales copy, marketing material, sales material. It just so happens that in the nonprofit world and in the funding world, uh, we utilize those same things, but through the form of a grant. So you're gonna have to have a right writing technique. So you're going to have to have a flow and organization to the way you write. You're going to have to have a beginning, middle, and an end. All those things you might have learned taking courses in the past about how to write uh, your marketing plan, your, your strategic plan, or your sales plan. All that stuff is going to show up here in your grant application. So you want to use good writing technique when you're drafting your grant. Also, when you're writing the grant, this is going to be critical because grants are filled with questions. Depending on the grant application and the opportunity, it's filled with a lot of questions. So it's going to be critical for you to have a process that you utilize to write grants. Secondly, terminology is going to be critical as well. Now, one of the things that some folks take for granted when it comes to funders is how smart funders are. Funders, while they are not in the field with you, they may not be doing the work you're doing or they may not be engaged in the work actively like you are. Most funders uh, have a background in the work they are funding. So they have either researched worked in that space or just left that space from some other capacity, whether it's management, board activity, etc. So these funders are well versed in the areas that they are assessing when they are evaluating your grant. The reason why I'm pointing this out to you is because when you're writing your grant, uh, you want to make sure you're utilizing terminology that aligns with the work that you're engaged in, that aligns with the interests of the funder, and to use them. So you don't want to just throw you know, word buzzwords around here, there, and everywhere, but you do want to integrate them into the work just so when you're writing your grant and the funder is reading the grant, they can get a signal that you are indeed an expert in your space or in the space that you are writing about and they can recognize your expertise through your writing. 
Lastly, uh, as a part of the writing process, you want to make sure you're capturing stories that are uh, that will grab the attention of funders. And so your ability to have a cohesive story, a thematic story, if you can, is going to be critical because you can weave that story throughout the grant application where appropriate. So keep that in mind. The second thing to consider when writing the perfect grant is to become creative during the writing process. So while part one or uh, the, the first uh, item there talks about technique and best practices and all the nerdy things that come along with the work that we do, you do want to begin to become creative during the process when you're writing. Now, what I want to specifically address here is the idea that as a writer, whether you're writing your strategic plan, your marketing plan, a grant application, or some other uh, copy, sales copy, or product for your business, it's not enough to show how smart you are in your business. And I think you all know that. But you need to be in a position where you can articulate the complex elements of your business and the work you do into simple forms, simple words. And to in order to do that, you got to be creative in how you describe what you do. So here's a great example. I don't know if we have any uh, staffing businesses on the line or any businesses that are engaged in HR work, particularly when it comes to recruiting and finding talent. But those are some of the words you hear when you uh, are thinking about uh, uh, filling backfilling positions uh, for your client or for the organization you work with or work for. In the nonprofit world, in the funding world, there's an alternative language that we use to describe that same work. So if you're in the recruiting business, staff acquisition business, talent acquisition business, you're also in the workforce development business, right? Those That's terminology that we use in the nonprofit world. That's terminology funders use. And the reason why we use that terminology is because typically when we're bringing folks up to speed to, a, uh, to pursue a, a job opportunity, these are folks that may not have all the qualifications or they're missing a few qualifications. So we help them develop their skills. They're up, we upskill them in the workforce area, right? We upskill them in soft skills. That is the way uh, how they approach an interview, how they approach uh, uh, challenges at the job, how they interact with their colleagues. And we help upskill them in the hard skill areas. So that's the technical aspects of their work. So I'm adding that piece of language to your lexicon to help you think about how to possibly address talent acquisition, uh, talent development, workforce development, staff development, etc. Because there are different ways to describe it depending on who you're talking to. Also, with that example, depending on the funder you're looking at, you, want, you might want to look out on their website for buzzwords that articulate similar ways uh, that you do business. So you do want to pay attention to that uh, as you're thinking about the writing process. Lastly, when it comes to the writing process, I just want to highlight this point too. Um, if you've been doing what you are doing for a while, if you've been in business for a while, you might have noticed that you do not describe your work the same way you did when you first started your business. So you, you might talk about it in a different way and more simplistic terms. You probably use less word to describe complex things, right? This is a part of the creative writing process. I'm pointing this out because it does take time to develop uh, the lexicon, the internal lexicon to articulate what you do, but you wanna continue that process of evaluating how you describe your work. The, the, the thing I wanna just highlight before we move on to our last, uh, our last point here is that while you understand what you do, and in many cases, funders may understand what you do, you got to assume that whoever's reading and evaluating these applications might not have all the intricate knowledge 
and information to understand everything that you do. So it's imperative that you look at ways to break down the language you use uh, to describe your work. I often tell my clients, you need to describe your work uh, in ways that a third grader can understand it and in ways that your grandmother can understand it. If you can describe what you do to both of those audiences, then you're hitting the mark with your language there. The last component when it comes to writing the perfect grant is to practice over and over and over again. So you practice your writing. Remember, we talked about techniques, terminology, stories. We talked about becoming creative. The practice process involves you obviously writing multiple grants that time will allow, but practice also involves you writing blogs and writing emails, social media posts, sales copy, marketing material, giving talks, being a part of roundtables, presenting, anything you do that articulates or talks about your business, these are practice opportunities that impact your grant writing process. Remember in a previous point, I said uh, that you might not describe your business in the way that you used to earlier on when you launched a business. So you may use uh, less words, you may use more direct terminology to describe what you do so that the average Joe can understand what you do. By going through that process, you are practicing grant writing actively, right? So I want you to pay attention to how often you talk about your business, how often you're reflecting on your business, how often you're describing the work, whether it's through written form or audio form. You wanna utilize those opportunities as much as possible uh, to practice your writing and then translate all those writing experiences, those speaking experiences back to how you write grants and it will have a significant impact in your ability to write the perfect grant. Lastly, uh, I want to talk about how to tell your story. And this is probably something you've done uh, through the Entrepreneurial Center or through some other program, uh, but this never gets old, uh, telling your story because again, your story is so unique because it's you that's involved, but there are so many people who don't know your story. So as people are coming, uh, are interacting with you and they're interacting with your business for the first time, they need to have some sort of connection to who you are and a connection to your business. So let's talk about how to tell your story. There are a couple of things that I'm gonna share with you today uh, that comes from the world of funders. Uh, I used to be a funder, so some of these things I, I wrote from personal experiences and then after running programs and raising significant money on the other side of the fence, these things, these tips are still true today. So you do wanna tell a story, but don't give too much detail. Remember in a previous segment there, we talked about uh, telling stories. What I found with customers who come to us for help, they tend to tell stories and they wanna tell everything that happened from beginning, middle, and end. And the reality is that's, we don't have time, we don't have real estate for that in a grant application. So as you're getting together your grant applications, as you're getting together your stories of customers that you've helped, of uh, businesses that you've supported, etc. You want to make sure you have a framework of storytelling, but don't give too much to that will overwhelm the funder because they're not going to connect with all stories. They're not going to connect with the story that they like the most because the details may be just a bit too much. But do tell the story. Just don't give too much detail. Secondly, know your numbers, right? You gotta understand what you do as a business owner. What does your business do? What has it accomplished? What are you tracking uh, towards? What are you measuring yourself against? What are your numbers? But when you are writing your grant or if you have an interview with a funder about your grant, do not make numbers the focus of the conversation or the focus of the application. 
you'll notice when you start to write grants, if you haven't done so already, that the application really doesn't focus on numbers holistically. There's a segment, there's a section for numbers that you will have to, uh, that will give you space to talk about numbers. But really the funders, they care about the narrative, they care about the approach, the strategy, the mindset, the intentionality behind why you're doing what you're doing. So do know your numbers, right? It's gonna come up, it's gonna show up, but do not make it the, the, the central focus of what you do. Lastly, here's the last tip for you, have a clear path for investment. So we talked about this briefly in the beginning. Whatever you're going to pursue funding for, make sure it's a clear path of investment for the funder, but have other ideas ready to go just in case the funder is not connecting with what you're doing. Right. Some of us may think or assume that man, we have to have this community focus uh, for our funding. And that may be the necessary approach for the application. But the reality uh, may change for each application. So you got to read the application, read the expectations, read the RFP and make sure you have a clear path of investing for the funders so that they know where their dollars are going and the benefit that they are going to get by partnering with you. I hope you guys are hanging in there. I want to share a few more resources with you before we open it up for uh, questions and comments and feedback. Um, if you haven't done so already, I'm gonna encourage you to figure out a way to get on the listserv for Hello Alice. They offer business grants, particularly for small businesses. And I want to do two things. I wanna quickly visit their website uh, and show you what they have going on at their website, uh, which is here. And then I wanna show you an application uh, just so you can have a sense of the type of grants that they offer or the questions that they're gonna offer. Now, right here on their homepage, you see featured grants. And I think they have three or four featured grants right now. It's, it's three right now. So they have a 5K grant, a catalyst fund uh, that's due March 31st. They have a small business growth fund, 25K that's due April 21st. And then another one, 20K uh, that's due March 21st. Now, B, you gotta read the detail, read the fine print to make sure that they are funding your city, your state, or your industry. So make sure you're looking at all those details. They show you who they're partnering with, with the funding. When you click on these opportunities, they will tell you what they're looking for, how to move forward, et cetera, et cetera. So be on the lookout for those opportunities. If you are not on their listserv, I'm gonna encourage you to join their listserv and uh, be on the alert for the opportunities that they do release on a regular basis. Uh, they may have grants uh, for specific demographics and communities, so also look out for that as well. Um, I want to show you the inside of one of their applications. I believe this is pretty consistent with just about every application that they have. So just going to briefly go over this with you and then uh, we'll close out the presentation shortly thereafter. So they give you just a, a description of the grant, what they're looking to fund and why, who they're looking to focus on, groups that they want to target. Uh, something that I've seen consistent with their grants, 51% ownership of the grant is critical. So make sure that you own more than 50% of the business. And here are some of the questions. Do you own more than 50% of the business? Yes. Uh, what's your relationship with the business? Hopefully you're the owner. Then they have a section about tell us who you are. 
basic information, name, phone number, gender, uh, your, uh, how you identify under race, uh, LGBTQ, uh, if you're part of that community, identify that. Uh, do you consider yourself a military member? So make sure you highlight that. Also pay attention to these specialty groups here. Look at question nine, uh, question eight. I, I didn't mean to uh, skip over that, but folks with disabilities. Question seven um, and question six. These questions highlight specialty interests uh, that they may focus on for that particular application and may change from application to application, but pay attention to that so that you can take full advantage of the opportunities that may align with who you are. Uh, your age, uh, uh, what was your path to business ownership? So you might wanna have an answer ready uh, for that particular question, but in this particular question, notice how short uh, that space is. So you don't have a lot of space here. The one thing I'll tell you about grant writing that you want to make sure you uh, keep in mind at all times is that in most cases, grants have character and word limits. So when I talked about the limitations of the real estate within a particular grant, this is what I'm talking about. The space is limited. So you want to take full advantage of the space. You don't want to leave real estate on the page if you can help it, but you don't want to try to squeeze in a bunch of stuff in a small area when there isn't space for it. Uh, they do offer other funding products, so they're going to ask you about uh, raising money uh, and, and uh, mentorship, etc. Uh, they want to know basic information about your business, the name, this, the address, uh, the type of business you have, etc. The year that it was founded, your EIN number, your social media pages, uh, your website, etc. The industry. Look at tw question 28. How would you describe your business? What are the products and services that you offer? Notice what I mentioned earlier. You can, you can compare it to question 27. This small piece of real estate is suggesting that there isn't a lot of space for you to leave a, a deep thought here, but they offer greater real estate here for question 28 and they limit you to 150 words. So that real estate is, is limited, you're landlocked. In other cases, they have a word count or a character count at the bottom. So as you're typing in your words and your message here, the character count will continue to decrease until it shows that you have no characters left. So you're gonna have to be intentional, you're gonna have to be creative, you have to be focused when you're writing your grant. And I wanna point back to something that we talked about uh, in a previous slide here, and that's this. You gotta become creative during the writing process. This is part of what I'm talking about. If you're able to master writing techniques that align with your business and utilize terminology that can consolidate uh, complex things into one or two words, and you're creative in how you present it, you will have no problem you will have no problem meeting the character count or the word count here, okay? Um, these are more questions about your business. Again, annual gross revenue, et cetera, current year, last year, uh, et cetera. How can we help you? So they're interested in engaging with you in other ways. So they're not only giving you money, but they also wanna connect you with uh, mentors and coaching, et cetera. And so these are questions about that. There are, there's a question about the a biggest obstacle and challenge that you have. Notice this. They're, they're clever here. They say explain your obstacle and challenges in two sentences, right? <laughs> so you don't have a lot of real estate to express yourself. You have also up to 400 characters to express yourself here. So you want to use the real estate wisely, but you don't want to uh, overdo it with the two sentences. Uh, you want to be clear, concise. Uh, but wealth, uh, and, but have great thoughts about the things you want to communicate regarding your challenges. 
I mean, I ask you if you've received other support from other businesses. Um, that question can be a very broad question. It could be grants, and I'm not sure what they're getting at here, but they might also be getting at uh, funding support in terms of uh, investment, et cetera. So if you have questions about this, you always want to contact the funder for clarity uh, before you submit an answer that you don't believe in or don't agree with. Uh, how do you intend to use the grant? 250 words, 1,900 characters here. This is a great opportunity. A lot of real estate for you to talk about what you want to focus on. Now, you may have a business that does X, but you're looking for funding to do Y. And what is that Y, right? So you may have a business that, um, let's take example, you may have... Um, Wow, you may have an embroidering business, but you want to expand your staff capacity to do more. You have a huge demand uh, on your work, and so you need more staff. So this goes back to what we talked about earlier, talent acquisition, talent development, and the buzzword, workforce development, giving opportunities to uh, all types of job seekers who are looking for opportunities. This may include folks off the street who are you know, regular job seekers. This also may include folks who may be returning from prison. So these are returning citizens uh, or folks who are formerly reentry or formerly incarcerated. You may have a special focus on hiring youth and young adults who are from the inner city. You may have a focus on hiring women only, or you may specialize in women who have who are domestic violence survivors. You may want to hire veterans only. You may want to hire seniors only. The, the, the details can go on and on and on, what you want to focus on. But again, the point about question 41 and for your business is to have a very specific focus for the funding that aligns with your business. So if you do have a true passion to hire folks and you have a staffing need, you wanna talk about that. Maybe you wanna talk about sales and marketing. Maybe you wanna talk about technology infusion and bringing on youth, uh, uh, youth workers, interns, young adults to help you install them or a senior citizen who started a tech business. Whatever the case may be, you wanna be super, 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 super focused. I, I think I said super a lot of times, I'll say it again. You wanna be super, 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 super focused on what you want to fund that's gonna make a difference in your business and you want this funder to help you. Uh, they're asking you in question 42 and 43 specific things that they can do to help you in your business, et cetera. So check off whatever's relevant to you. Tell us about you, 250 words, 1900 characters. Again, a lot of real estate here. Now notice the questions. Why did you become a business owner? Answer that question. What's your origin story for your business, right? This is an opportunity to tell your story, why you are here, why are you doing this business? Why are you in business in the first place? So if you haven't, if you haven't uh, walked through the process of framing out your story and describing why you're here and what you're doing uh, in this business, I wanna encourage you to spend some quality time here. Don't be bashful, talk about yourself. Talk about the good, bad, and the ugly. Walk us through the story. Give us the, the beginning part, the middle part, and where are we right now? And then also, tell us a little bit about where you're going. Give us a little vision about where you're taking this business, where you're going as a professional, et cetera. So spend some quality time there. Uh, they ask questions about, tell us more about your business. Uh, what type of problem you're seeking to solve, the customer you're looking to serve, et cetera. Again, familiar, familiar refrain, 250 words, 1900 characters. Now notice the difference here in question 47 and 46. 46 is about you. 
47 is about the customer and the marketplace. So try not to infuse the two. And not, I know it's easy for you to probably default to say, well, I'm here to serve a certain type of client because they pull on my heartstrings and I just want to make sure my product meets their need. But when you evaluate a grant application, they're, te they're clearly telling you, tell us about you specifically and then tell us about your customer in a separate question. And then in, in terms of uh, 48, they want vision in more detail. So I told you in verse, 40, uh, verse 46, question 46 to talk, tell us a little bit where you're going. Again, keep it light because here in verse uh, chapter, in question 48, uh, there's a deeper opportunity to talk about the vision. How will you maximize the $20,000? How will you maximize the connections, the relationships? Where's this business going over the next three to five years? If you have not uh, developed your vision, this is a great opportunity to do so. This goes back to some of the products we help our clients develop, particularly around uh, the strategic plan, because the strategic plan articulates a lot of these things and you can port over your responses to these questions from those standard documents. So if you haven't done those things already, spend some quality time doing that. If not, reach out to me. We would be glad to help you on your journey with those documents. Uh, how does your business connect with and support your community? If you're not connected with your community, this is a great opportunity to rethink that approach and that strategy, figure out ways to get plugged into your community through your town, your city. Maybe the Entrepreneurial Center has ways for you to get connected. So take full advantage of those opportunities. We wanna hear what makes you proud about your business. 1900 characters, 250 words, tell us uh, what do you consider your biggest accomplishment? Talk about yourself, talk about what you've done. Don't be bashful here. And then lastly, these are some final questions. Uh, that relate to conflict of interest, uh, whether you are connected to that business or not. So that was a funding opportunity uh, from uh, Hello Alice and a look at uh, the inside of their grant. Uh, we're wrapping up here. I want to make sure that you know that my team and I were here for you. If we can be of service and of value to you, I'm gonna encourage you to call us. If you're on the phone and you can't see the presentation, my phone number is 475 221-0553. Again, it's 475-221-0553. If you want to email me, you can email me at Clark at EliPatrick.com. Again, my email address is Clark at EliPatrick.com. And my website is EliPatrick.com. Again, EliPatrick, EliPatrick.com.